right, everyone. How are you doing? I am Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast International Series, and my next guest is... Me, James Brown. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a cheesy little intro. Um, <laughs> but not, 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 one to, uh, not one to be topped up for sure. Um, I don't know if you know Hannah Catterall. She also had a cheesy intro for her, for her interview. Uh, if anyone wants to listen to that, it's in season four in the archives. Um, so you both have that little awkward little intro to yourself. So this will definitely be fun for sure. <laughs> it's always hard introducing yourself. It's like, what do I say? Do I just say something mad or something simple? Yeah, I mean, we go with something simple, but in your case, awkward delivery, and we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> so before we get into the before we get into the podcast uh, or the interview, uh, let's get some preliminaries out of the way. So. James, what is your uh, current club and what's your jersey number and why? My current club is MK Cyclones and my jersey number is five. I, so I was originally like number 13 in my club and um, then I moved clubs to Bedford My Eagles and I couldn't get the number 13 there. So I basically just wanted to pick like number, basically like either five, seven or like 10. And obviously seven and 10 were taken. So number five it was, and it's kind of just stuck with it ever since. And then when I moved back to MK Cyclones, I took the number five there and that's basically how it's been. Um, any particular reason why five, seven and 10? Are there any like uh, players you followed that had that number or is it just a certain number that followed you? Yeah, so obviously you've got like seven and 10, both very uh, like big football numbers or soccer for you, I guess. Right, well, um, I mean, I, um, so you say, you know, we call it football here. Uh, well, I call it football because I speak Spanish. That's like the point. Um, so who are your footballers that you followed? Uh, so obviously you've got the, the big ones, Messi, Ronaldo, all that. I support um, Chelsea. So in there, I've got like a lot of players who I quite like. Number five is Jorginho. I quite like him. So number five is good. And yeah, there's not really that much more to it, really. I just quite like those numbers and took it. No, that's fair. So safe to assume roughly two months ago, you were having the time of your life <laughs> around the UEFA finals. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I was actually working, which was really upsetting. <laughs> oh, that's uh, I, was, I literally started like the first shift of a, a, my new job and then within like two shifts didn't have that job anymore. So I missed the final for that job, which was really upsetting. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, but oh well, I can still rub it in plenty of people's faces that we won. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's kind of get the timeline out of the way. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, um, I'm going to be starting a short little mini series called the Uni Series, which James Brown's going to be a part of. And in it, we're going to discuss uh, players from a certain university, the history of dodgeball at that university, and where the players are now. So uh, safe to assume this episode is a prelude to that, and we'll definitely go into that um, in the comments once I upload this. Uh, <laughs> long-winded intro because <laughs> good I'm good at that um so how long have you been playing dodgeball for so I started dodgeball in 2015 so six years now um I basically started so I, when I started going to college um all my mates from like my area was also going to college at that time and they all played dodgeball for their college team and um I basically was I just started joining in as well and then eventually um like the founder of that college team Ross Gregg uh basically turn that team into like an actual competing team and eventually like I think it was once five ball for us came around I started actually competing hmm. and 
yeah, that's just how I got into dodgeball, really. I've been playing for six years now, so I've had quite a lot of stuff going on with it. So from, so from Kraken, you went to MK, and then you went to Bedford Mighty Eagles, and then back to MK? No, so I'm still at Kraken's now. I'm at uni at the moment. Oh, you're still at Kraken? Okay, so you're still a student um, there. Yes, yeah, because you can play for a uni team and a community team. So... Oh. I, I had no idea that you can do both at the same time. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I play, basically play double dodgeball, which is a killer. Like, I've got two fixtures this weekend, one on Saturday, one on Sunday for each team. Wow. Uh, how's your arm going to survive that weekend? I don't know. I, I usually just a lot of buffs and a lot of deep freeze. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. Smart choice there, man. Uh, so safe to assume you started at the university and um, – We'll definitely get into that more in the episode uh, to follow in a couple of weeks. And you were just hooked from dodgeball from then on? Yeah, basically. Um, I just love the, like, how competitive it is. And, like, obviously, I don't know, it's just good, fun team game, really. It really, like, gets me in the zone. And I just, I love it, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and you mentioned Ross Gregg. Ross is also, uh, he also used to have a podcast last year. Um, so, shout out to Ross for you know, providing content during a time when we didn't have much to look forward to. Uh, what was your yeah, first competitive tournament? Do you recall? Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the Open was called, but it was uh, it was held at a university in Hertfordshire. And it was the, it was like the first five ball tournament that British Dodgeball ever held. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, and we did that. And I remember, like, we – so many mistakes made. We hadn't done five ball in training that much already. Um <laughs> Like, we got, like, three yellow cards that day, and we only won, like, one game. Wow. But, yeah, we, we, we got slaughtered that day. But we were still quite a new team that, in that day. Um, that was probably, about like four years ago now, I think. And then, um, yeah, so I don't remember where we came in the positioning, but it wasn't very high. <laughs> <laughs> but, obviously, you were hooked and you were ready to come back, whether it be three ball or five. Yeah, it was just, like, those little moments, like, even if we were losing the sets and that, that day, I was like, just make a catch or make a few like really good hits. You know, when you're first starting out, like tournaments are really like the best way to go about learning, isn't it? Yeah, uh, trial by fire. And if you have a good support group, I mean, it's only going to keep you going. Uh, I find that, especially with people here, um, your first tournament is going to be intimidating because of the stakes. But if you have a good support system, a good team, um, whether they be talented or not, if you have a good support you're, you're going to stick it out because it, it can get kind of testy. And it looks, it sounds like you had a good support system there for you. Yeah. Ooh, uh, everyone in our team are quite good mates from like, some of us are good mates outside of dodgeball as well. So like we all have that really good chemistry together. <laughs> and uh, do you recall what you guys did after that tournament? Any like post training shenanigans we should know about? I think we just went to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. So uh, I'm going to hit pause for a minute. Uh, so I, I did a recap of the West Midlands Open, uh, West Midland Open um, from Canic, and I had uh, Amy Jones and Elisa Storch. And this will be after, um, after this interview or before this interview. And they said the same thing. They pretty much went up to a McDonald's and drove home. So it seems, <laughs> seems like to be like... It seems like the UK tradition, just like drive up the road, either go to a pub or go to McDonald's. Yeah, it's such a it's such a big tradition. I don't know why. Like everyone I know just either goes to McDonald's or the pub after they're an open. 
<laughs> beer and a Big Mac. Got it. Um, <laughs> that definitely goes well together, especially if you're, you know, tired after a long day of dodgeball. Um, have you played foam at all? Um, a little bit. I have not played an incredible amount. I've probably only played like like four, six hours worth of it in training. So you never, you haven't done any of the previous foam opens this past summer? No, I was going to play. So we were going to look to enter like the first one, but it collided with like another date of an open we had, which was the South Open. And that was a cough one. And then there was one just gone, which we uh, we didn't get a space in. And yeah, I just we just didn't play any of the foams this summer. But we probably will look to play some foam opens in the future. So in the five and six hours of it, um, how do you like it? Um, I think it's, I have ups and downs, just as cloth does, I think. Um, my biggest, like, sell-off for me is uh, I don't really like the six balls because I feel it's just very, like, back and forth, one, like, single ball throws. But I know some people do like that, so my controversial opinion. Uh, I mean, controversial, but it's fair. I mean, it, you can only go on based on your experience. Um, I know that. And this is kind of like a rule thing. Um, yeah, it, it can start off one-on-one, -on -one, but a lot of times um, whoever is whoever has majority players, they have to throw. So you're going to find it, it gets more aggressive as it gets towards the end of the game. It starts off slow, but then, you know, to like weed it out or to close it out, people get more aggressive. So I feel like it's more of a late game kind of thing. Yeah. My phone knowledge isn't that great at all, to be fair. The only – I've only watched like um, – one to one with a phone, which was the one GB went to, Team GB. Um, yeah. yeah, so my phone knowledge isn't that great. So, like, I'm not trying to like voice an opinion over it because I, I still do want to learn a lot more about it. No, for sure. We could definitely talk about that offline. But yeah, no, that's it's a fair assumption to make. And yeah, GB is going to be a force whenever we have worlds. Um, any idea? Uh, any, um, how do I say this? Because uh, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> Any idea when you guys are going to have, like, uh, let's say, Euros or any other – or NECs, anything like that? Oh, I, have, I have no idea. Um, no, I don't think a lot of people know when that was all going down. I think people were just waiting for uh, stuff to calm down in most of the countries before, you know, we start doing that again. And, yeah. <laughs> and right before we hopped on, um, British Dodgeball released their fixtures for the remainder of the year. Uh, how how excited are you for it? So our uh, fixtures for the the next season. Uh, the one in October. Yeah, the one. Yeah, that's our that's our twenty one twenty two season. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking really forward to that. I can't wait. Um, playing at St George's Park is a is a really good experience, and obviously, um, playing against like the, some of the best teams in the country. It's just like for me, that's like league is the best part of dodgeball. So and it's popped up a few times, um, whether I was talking to a player from Ireland, player from Scotland, player from Wales. You guys all seemingly go to St. George's Park. What is it about that venue that is so marquee for everyone to go to? St. George's Park is um, like the place where the England football team trains and um, a lot of other like big sports teams. And so the venue there is just really nice and like – where we play is um, we play like this hall. It's massive. Uh, all the facilities are just really nice. It's a really nice area. It's quite central in England as well, so it's not like that far for a lot of people to get to. Mm. Um, and yeah, it doesn't like I don't know. It's just all around brings a really good atmosphere to the game. 
So you're pretty much playing in the in the the grounds where the lions train at. Yeah, literally. Pretty much. Um, I I always thought they trained in uh, Carrington, but that, I might have gotten that confused with something else. Uh, <laughs> yeah, shows how much I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> any um, career highlights you want to put on the forefront? Any Ooh. particular highlights you pulled off? Um, Whether it be for uni um, or MK. Coming third for British champs was like a big like highlight for me. Um, yeah, um, coming third in British champs, and also coming second in the season opener for like my first tournament for Bedford Eagles was really good. So we played um, we played Meteors that day and we beat them, and like I never thought in my like wildest dream I'd beat Meteors because at that time they were like undefeated. Uh, how long ago was this? This was like two years after, I think it was the season opener 20, I think it must have been 2018. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, and they were undefeated yeah. at this point? Yeah, so meet your, they weren't undefeated, but like, obviously they hadn't been beaten by a lot of teams and they were undefeated in national leagues. So like, this was the like opener to like warm everyone up for national leagues and just beating meet yours in that season opener was a really like big achievement for like us and it just gave us like a really good confidence that season. I mean, beating a team like that, arguably the best on the continent, I mean, that that's no easy feat. Um, have you guys matched up with them again in the in the summer? Yeah, we have. Um, MK have not, no. We haven't, I haven't played Meteor since, no, since Super League was ended before COVID. I don't think um, they've been in many Opens, to be fair. Um, I know that, that they were at two foam Opens and one cloth. Yeah, I think we we've only been to two opens ourselves this summer. Um, so I don't, yeah, we haven't seen them this summer, unfortunately. Uh, any other uh, highlights you want to point out there? Anything against uh, Spartans or Storm or anything like that? You seem to be like a giant slayer there. Uh, Spartans, I've like never come close to touching. Not gonna lie. <laughs> um, no matter who I've been playing for, whether it's been like Bedford Eagles or MK, we've never like come close to beating Spartans. Um. I don't know. Ooh. Not that I can think of at the top of my head after that, no. I think beating me <laughs> was like the best one. Right. Again, no easy feat and definitely something to hang your hat on because uh, not many people can uh, contend with them with their history, their, what, 12-year history? Yeah. It, it speaks to itself. Um, so I wanted to ask you something. Um I noticed in some previous comment threads, you and Hannah kind of playfully go at it. Uh, Hannah Catterall, uh, who I interviewed last year. Um, is there a certain playful history there that we should know about? Any playful rivalry? Is there a reason why you pick on her or she picks on you? No, I would just... Uh, <laughs> it, was before the, um, it was before the mixed open. And um, we put like our team sheet out. And she just basically messed, like, messaged me saying, I'm going to hit you in the face. And that's where it started. I was like, oh. It's on then. So yeah, when I saw her at the uh, when I saw her at the open, I was like, "Well, just know I'm going for headshots." <laughs> <laughs> so she's you, you, so you're saying on record she started it? Yeah, she started it on record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she definitely got spicy over the past year. Safe to assume. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so obviously there's going to be. Have you heard of when the British Open is going to be? I have no idea, no. 
Yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Um, our opens, I, so they did put something on their website. Our opens come out by the time this podcast comes out, the opens will be released. Um, it comes out on Friday, the 3rd of September. September. So, days. so, yeah, it'll definitely come out. Um, if not the third, it'll definitely, this episode will probably come out the week after. Uh, still trying to work that out. Um, so let's get into your play style a little bit. Uh, how would you describe your play style as it relates to, well, you have more cloth experience, so we'll stick with that. But you say you're more aggressive, more defensive. I'm quite, I, I like to pressure quite a lot, but I don't know. I quite, I'm, so I usually play on the wing. Um, and I don't know, sometimes I'm quite offensive. I mean, I try to be both. This is a really hard question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think I'm quite offensive. I do pressure quite a lot. I'm always at the line faking. But um, sometimes, obviously, when you're against those like bigger teams, you've got to kind of dark, tone that down just a little bit and be a bit more strategical and like defensive about how you go about things. So I try to be just quite like strategical in games, really. So you pretty, much adapt to, you pretty much adapt to what's given to you? Yeah, I try my best to. I might not always make the right decisions. I do get shouted at a lot, but <laughs> I mean, well, I'm not saying are you perfect because neither one of us are, uh, myself included. I'm just saying <laughs> you're more adaptive, if anything. Yeah, I try my best to. Uh, yeah, uh, it's pretty much a smart approach. Uh, you, you take what the defense gives you, uh, and you press when the opportunity is there. Because regardless whether you're playing foam, cloth, or rubber, or anything else, rocks. <laughs> you want to you don't want to you know give your opposition too much of an opening to take advantage of so pretty smart approach there for someone who gets shouted at <laughs> yeah. it always depends a lot on who you're playing with as well yeah <laughs> um so next question i have for you and this is going to be a two-parter um do you have any role models uh that you looked up to in and out of dodgeball so we'll start with out, out of dodgeball first Jeez. Um, I've got like a few people that I wouldn't necessarily say I look up to, but have been like good role models for me in dodgeball. Like um, the first being like Ross. I know he'll love it that I've said that. <laughs> um, Ross Greg. Yeah. I'll probably never hear the end of that, but um, he did get me into dodgeball, to be fair. And yeah, I mean, he did yeah, start my journey on dodgeball. And I've had a few other people like training under Arnie for two years was really good when I played for Bedford, my Eagles. Um. He just taught me like a like a really like he was just so strategic about everything and he just taught me like a lot of new tactics and ways of playing that I never really thought to play. And they kind of like really got me into the competitive scene. Like when I joined Bedford Eagles, that's when I really started like I was like, Yeah, I really want to, you know, be really good at this and practice for it. Um, so there were your dodgeball role models, anyone outside of it? Outside of it, um, I don't really know. I don't really have too many role models outside dodgeball. Or people, like or, or people you respect, rather. I quite like um, like Frank Lampard. He's Chelsea, one of Chelsea's players. Um, of course. One of the best players of all time. <laughs> but I don't know, really. Um, role models? Um, I wouldn't really say so. <laughs> uh, I was waiting to hear either Frank Lampard or Drogba or someone. Like I was waiting for something. I was waiting for that Chelsea to come out just a bit. I do love them, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, we pretty much established that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I know uh, the only reason I was rooting for Chelsea is because it's um, Christian Pulisic, obviously, being yeah, the American. first American to win <laughs> Champions League is stunning. 
And I was drunk. As well. <laughs> I took a few shots for that man. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not even a Chelsea fan. I was just rocking with Christian. <laughs> so don't don't worry. I was celebrating with you, even though you were at work. <laughs> uh, nice one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before we get into the crowdsource questions, um, did you have a pregame ritual before a tournament, before a league? Yeah, I do. Um, I'll always try and like start the morning off with having like pre-workout or just a protein shake, something that will get me like going for the day. Um, and then basically when I just, when I'm on the way there, if I'm, if I'm driving on my own, my car, then I'll just put my music on as loud as possible, get in the zone, you know, or mm. if I'm, if I'm getting a lift with someone, I'll just put my headphones in and yeah, put some, I don't know, heavy rap and rock stuff on, just get myself in the game, you know, <laughs> <Pumped> <laughs> I hear you, man. And that out that was actually gonna be my next question. Um, who's in your playlist? Who's your pregame playlist? So my pregame playlist, I have people like Motley Crue, uh, Eminem, uh, Childish Gambino, um a lot of like London rappers as well, like AJ Tracy and uh and Conan. Um oh. basically just people with good vibes and good energy that will get me really like into the the day and wake me up, you know, because a lot of Opens you're getting out of bed at like six, seven a.m., five a.m. Sometimes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're you're picking you're stumbling my words. Yeah, you know, you're waking up at five a.m. either driving or taking a train to either St. George's Park or wherever else you're riding to. Yeah, you're gonna definitely need some good tunes, and you definitely listen yeah, to some good ones for there for that. I just need good energy around me. <laughs> so, do you often play the role of? Uh, being in the carpool or driving people around or do you normally go yourself? Um, so I have a friend who lives like 20 minutes away from St. George's Park. So usually I'll stay with him the night before, like league meets and stuff. But for uni and stuff, um, I usually do drive um, or catch a lift. It's about a 50-50 split for uni. Mm. Um, so not really, not really minds that much because the uni uh, pays for our fuel for opens and stuff, which is good. Oh, really? yeah. That's actually an interesting rabbit hole. So, um, is it your uni exclusively that pay, that pays for your gas and fuel and stuff like that, or is it universities across the continent that do the as same thing? I, as far as I know, it's just my uni. It could be other unis as well. I haven't really like discussed that with a lot of people. Um, but I don't know. Our uni, our uni just does it because, um, like, we just entered Bucks and all that, which is coming up and. Like they basically just really want to get like dodgeball promoted in our uni, so they said they were happy to pay for our um, fuel to. So we basically had like a load of money left in the account for over the year, and they said they were happy for us to use that for fuel for the uh, opens and regional meets over the summer. Oh, and that's Paying for bucks as well, so yeah. Wow. I, I didn't realize that you guys were. I guess you could say sponsored like that. That's just, that sounds really cool, especially for a group of kids who. Probably don't have yeah. much <laughs> in the way of like traveling uh, assets and expenses. That really covers a lot, especially for being in college. Yeah, it's so handy when you got these people in uni that, yeah, like you say, don't have that much in terms of like sponsors for all these stuff. <laughs> so um, this actually brings up an interesting rabbit hole I want to kind of dive into. Um, how would you say the competition level is like between? let's say you on Kraken versus you on MK. Uh, how is it like between uni, uh, playing players in uni and playing, playing players in uh, British dodgeball, whether it be league or opens? 
Would you say there's like a big contrast or? Yeah, it's a lot different. Like I have very different mindsets when I play for both different teams. Because with Krakens, I like, I coach the team alongside um, some other people. So like, I'm always trying to feel like more of a, like more responsible role when I'm playing for Krakens, I guess. I like, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm trying to like be a leader and, you know, play the game as well. Whereas like with MK, it's more obviously like most of these people around me are just as experienced, if not more than I am. So it's like, I don't really have to, I can, I don't really have to fill that role when I play for MK. I can just play like for myself, basically. Well, for, you know what I mean? Like as a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely going to be an interesting soundbite. Um, <laughs> not just playing, <laughs> but it, it's more of a mental approach, you say? Yeah. Um, just like, obviously when I play with Krakens, we're playing against like other uni, uni teams and uh, there's just a better like, there's a lot less competitive like feel about uni dodgeball than there is obviously like Super League dodgeball. Um, but at the same time, like everyone's still out there to win and have a good time and, you know, like put their best into it. So like that level of energy and like, like competition is still there when you play uni dodgeball. Okay. Um, so, geez, wasn't how often do the schedules uh, for uni and British dodgeball, how often do they, uh, conflict with each other or are they good at keeping each other separate as far as allowing people to play two different leagues like you are british dodgeball runs the whole thing so um okay. yeah so the dates don't get conflicted really um oh sweet yeah because i know they run the, i know they run the youth and i know they run um like the adult leagues i didn't realize they also ran the university side i thought that was a separate umbrella entirely so they, they work with, um, so there's like Bucks, which is like the people that run sports for the, for all unis across the country. And like in terms of dodgeball, British dodgeball have paired up with Bucks. So Bucks basically promote it and, you know, put their name on it. And British dodgeball basically like organizes it and runs it as far as I'm concerned. So it doesn't really like get conflicted with like other things such as national leagues because they always just plan it on different weekends. Mm. So you never have to worry about picking one team or the other to represent for that weekend. You just always know you're going to play for both relatively. Yeah, basically. The only time I'd ever have to worry about that is if uh, both teams entered like the same open. But luckily that uh, hasn't happened for me yet, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Fingers crossed, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So hold on. Um, let me load up the question. All right. So... Uh, we're going to get into the crowdsource questions. And um, as soon as I posted that you were going to be on, Hannah Catterall was really excited. <laughs> so she, her first comment was, yes. <laughs> I feel like that's a sarcastic yes, but it's also a, like a solid yes. <laughs> so I know we kind of touched on you, kind of, you and her kind of playfully having a rivalry despite coming from the same university. But let's get let's get serious. Let's get real. Um, do you have any favorite moments with uh, Hannah, whether it be on or off the court, that we should know about? Oh, definitely be in the play, playing in the mixed open when uh, we played against her team. Uh, <laughs> I was being really. The video is on YouTube. You can actually watch it. Um, oh, really? Yeah. One of our okay, players. Please send me that. One of our yeah. One of our players records all our games and puts them on YouTube. Um, so he got that game recorded. <laughs> <laughs> and in that game, like, 
felt like pressuring at the line. It's like a three on one. So on our team, we had three players, and obviously that was just her on her team. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just pressuring at the line, trying to like you know waste time and basically just win the set. And she just throws this. She just comes at me and throws this ball, and I just put my foot back, and it just smacks me on the back of her, and everyone in the whole court just goes oh, and basically just yeah. <laughs> Pulls me out for it. And I'm just there, like, bro, uh, I can't believe that's just happened. And I just have to walk off court, head hung in shame. Uh, it was hilarious at the same time. Um, oh, please send me that link. I need to I see can, that. Yeah, I can only look back and laugh. I mean, <laughs> safe to assume when she says she's going to hit you, she's calling her shot. She's going to hit you. Yeah, she stuck to her words, to be fair. So. I mean, she got you in the foot, not in the face, but still, she got she got the job done. Yeah, still got the reaction it deserves. So, <laughs> oh, I want to see this video. I'm, I'm surprised she hasn't sent it to me yet. I'm definitely gonna talk to her about that. Um, Wait, what was that? I'll definitely send you the link for it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, even though it's at your expense, thank you. Um, <laughs> So her second question, her second, her first question rather, because the first one was a comment. Uh, favorite dodgeball memory from uni? Um, probably when I came to like my first ever training session at uni. Was, so I'd already been playing dodgeball for like four years at this time. So I just kind of rocked up in my Bedford Eagles kit <laughs> and uh, played dodgeball. And yeah, I basically just played dodgeball and everyone was like, oh, you know how to play dodgeball? I was like, yeah. And then. I just basically just made friends with everyone from there. And I've always just had like a really good, like, like uni's just always been such a good, like atmosphere, uni dodgeball. So like the whole time I've been here has just been great. Um, my favorite memory would definitely be like the, uh, the freshers day that I came to. So we'll definitely get into that because I, I don't want to dive too much into that because uh, we're going to have two other people along for that one. Um, but you didn't get any flack for wearing a Bedford, Bedford Eagles jersey? Because I know sometimes, like, when, let's say, if – I'm not going to point anyone out, but let's say if a player from Scotland showed up in an England kit, they're going to be targeted all day. Playfully, granted, but they're going to be yeah, targeted all day. There was only, yeah. like, one other player there who um, played at National Leagues, and they have wearing a Storm kit. So <laughs> I just kind of avoided them all day. <laughs> <laughs> So, there so like there were no. the courts, I just be like shuffle along to the other one. <laughs> so you didn't find a, a Bedford Ranger uh, there? No other no, one. Ran- no. So there wasn't going to be no Bedford Derby going on there. Well, thankfully not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I love. I love it when it's inner city rivalries, man. You have no idea it's the so level, of, the level of spice and the fun that comes from that. Um, so. <laughs> Every year, you know everyone that? watches the Bedford games. <laughs> I'll definitely be wanting to see some of those if you could send those. Do um, you know who Shaquille Joseph is? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. So he pretty much asked, well, serious questions. Um, looks like he plays for Ireland. Uh, so with the last open tournament scheduled for the summer happening this weekend, which do you – find better and more enjoyable between national league fixtures or open tournaments? Oh, so. Oh yeah. This one, this one sounds like. <laughs> I think opens in general are really fun. Although 
the, the problem I find with opens is it's like you're going there and you're playing like maybe like five, six games in the day. And while it's also a really enjoyable time because you get to do play a lot of teams and but uh, a lot of teams and like, you know, see a lot of people, you are playing like six, seven games a day. So like by game like five, six, you're pretty dead. And then if you get into like the knockout rounds or anything like that, then yeah, you're everyone's just like hanging on by a thread. But where more is national leagues, it's like they're longer games and there's two of them a day usually. So it's like I quite might enjoy I quite enjoy national leagues way more because yeah, longer games, I think. Um, okay, so, uh, okay, so you're gonna have to explain that. Because um, I went to the British Open. Well, sadly, the last British Open uh, in Canic last year. And I found that yeah, um, we played only what four games. There's a lot of rest in between. Um, but when you say longer games, do you mean like longer sets? Or what do you I mean, mean? British Dodge, but the way they do opens and national leagues is a uh, they like opens, they only do 16 minute games. Whereas at um, national leagues, they're half an hour games. Oh, okay. So, like, obviously, like, with a 16 minute game, if you're like 8 0 down at half time, for example, you're not coming back from that, really. Whereas, like, anything can happen at like half time from a national league game, I find. Because obviously, it's 15 minute half, so it's a lot longer, it's a lot more time to like do different things throughout the games and like adjust strategies and maybe take points. So there's more of a chance to come from behind in uh, National League versus any open. Yeah, I just feel like um, like longer games are better. But obviously, I wouldn't want to be playing like like four, five, half an hour games at an open. So I do understand why it's done. Mm, okay, that, I did not realize that. Um, and with National Leagues, uh, you're often fighting for promotion and relegation, right? Yeah. But pretty much any team can join, say, the British Open, whether they're re relegated or not. Yeah, like so, national leagues are like completely separate from the British Open. Like any team can play in the British Open. I'm pretty sure. Right. Okay. But the British Open is like probably one of the best days out of the year for dodgeball. To be fair, it definitely was for me. Um, sadly, in 2020, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. as I'm sure it was for most people who were in Canic. All right, so his next question was, being a bit ambitious, if it were actually, if it will actually happen next year, but do you have any, okay, he, okay, there's some grim, okay, let me try to read this because there was definitely a grammatical error. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Shaq. Uh, being a bit ambitious, if it will actually happen next year, do you have any predictions about the next BLK Open? I think that's the British Open. Oh, is that what it's called? The BLK? I think it's sponsored by someone called BLK or something. I'm not too sure. Um, but you're, you think he's talking about the British Open? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the British Open. All right, so he's putting you on the spot. Who do you think is going to win it? There's a lot of big teams this year. Like a lot of Super League teams have made really big signings this year. But I think it will come down to Spartans and Meteors again. It's funny you say that because last year it was... Um... London Storm and Manchester. Yeah, I know. So Spartans got knocked out by someone. I can't remember. I think it was, was it Minotaurs or Rangers? Might have no. Might have been. Uh, Might have been. Ah, uh, dang! I should know this. 
It wasn't Wessex. Oh. It's going to come to me because I remember, okay, so this is how I remember it. Because um, going into Canik, I thought it would be uh, Spartans and Meteors, but they met up like after the group stage. So we'll, that'd be what, the quarterfinals, right? Yeah. So they met up in that, and I remember thinking that should be the finals. But then uh, Spartans beat Meteors, and I want to say someone's going to correct me, but I'm, I want to say it was uh, Storm that beat them. I think it might have been Bees. It had, it's either Storm or Bees, because I remember it was one of those teams that, that beat them that ended up going to the finals. Yeah, basically. And then Storm and that I do remember. But I just remember being so, like, amped about that that whole experience. Just, like, I, I wish I could recall who it was. <laughs> I wish I could recall who it was. But I'm sure it'll it'll come to us when this episode airs and we're both going to talk to each other. Like, I can't believe we forgot. Yeah, literally. <laughs> no one will tell us. <laughs> no, no one will fault us, no. Um, uh, were you at Canik last year? Yeah, I was. I was playing for – that was my last – yeah, that was my last Open for Bedford, I think. Okay, so you were on Bedford then? Cause I'm pre- yeah, because I'm pretty sure that was like the last Open I did before lockdown. Okay, cool. I just want to get that out the way. So you think it's going to be between Spartans and Meteors? Yeah, but there are like a few other teams that could slip through, I think, as well. Um, like Bedford Rangers this year have a really big team. They've took like they've got like a lot of talent in their team now from who they've recruited over the COVID period. Was there a lot of signings that happened over the COVID period? Yeah, I think a lot of players switched teams throughout COVID. Um, I switched back to MK. I know like three other people left Bedford Eagles. Um, I know a lot of people have gone to like, I know like Tim Day, for example, is playing for Meteors now. There's like a lot of like changes around. I think a lot of people are playing for a lot of different teams this year. (laughs) <laughs> it kind of gives me an interesting idea for a next episode or for a future episode if anyone would be comfortable to do to talk about the shakeups as far as rosters go <laughs> that that'll definitely be a spicy episode if anyone wants and this is just me speaking to the audience if anyone wants to discuss that we'll definitely i'll definitely plan that out just so we could set the stage for next year because uh, obviously you guys just had a few opens here just to get back into the groove of things you guys are going to have a month off before league starts, but I feel the real kicker is going to be next year for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch that episode. Oh, you listen, because this is audio, but yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. <laughs> if anyone wants to send me notes or want to be a part of that panel, I will definitely schedule it because as you can tell, you know, scheduling time differences is not an issue for me. I'll definitely make that happen. So just giving a shout out to everyone in the UK. Um, <laughs> so I do want to say you obviously are, uh, how old are you? I'm 22. Oh, you, you got a long, long future ahead of you. Um, when is your last year at, uh, Plymouth? Um, next year. So I've got this year and then one more year to come. Okay. So <laughs> you, you definitely have a lot, a lot ahead of you and you've definitely been a fun guest to have and someone fun to chat with. Um, but I'm going to hit you in the gut with this one. I'm going to ask you, and this is something you probably have not thought about because, again, you're far, far removed. You're more closer to the beginning than most people are um, than you are to the end of your career. But I'm going to ask you the legacy question. 
So James Brown of Plymouth Krakens and MK Cyclones, how would you like to be remembered once you play your final game? Just someone that's like, I don't know, just an icon, I guess. <laughs> Not often do that. An icon? <laughs> no, um, just someone that, you know, was known for playing dodgeball, I guess. Just a good uh, role model, I guess, when I get a bit older. Well, definitely. Someone who definitely doesn't get three yellow cards in the next tournament. Uh, that'll be fun to remember. Um, I will definitely say that, you, like I said, you have a lot of dodgeball ahead of you. Some people are closer to the end than they are in the beginning, and you're closer to the beginning of your career. And I would argue that you have not reached your potential. Um, you'll definitely go on to do great things, have playful banter with one of my closest friends, and uh, pay the price for sure. <laughs> but but man to man, I, I hope nothing but success for you. And whether you are an icon for MK or a role model for the people you coach at Plymouth, I will safely say that your impact will be made and will definitely be resounding once people hear your story. And, until they hear the part about Chelsea, which I'm sure people are going to, you know, crap on <laughs> you for. But <laughs> safe to assume you, you definitely left your mark with me. And I'm sure you'll leave your mark at university once you throw that cap in the air one last time. <laughs> Thank you very much, man. You've been, a, you've been great. <laughs> so um, before we wrap this up, um, do you have any shout-outs you'd like to give to anyone? Um, just a shout-out to MK Cyclones and Plymouth Krakens, I guess. <laughs> to, to Ross Gregg again? Yeah, why not? <laughs> so the, safe to assume this episode has not just about been about James Brown, but it's been a, a, a worship homage to a Ross Gregg. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and we will wrap up. All right, everyone. And that was my interview with James Brown. James, thank you so much for hopping on and sharing with us your story. And as I alluded to before, James Brown will be a part of a panel of four people. Wow. I'm going to have a huge panel. A uh, huge panel discussing Plymouth Krakens uh, University Dodgeball. And that's going to be in the coming weeks, hopefully next week or the week after. I'm currently working on the format for that. So we'll get to have uh, on that episode um, Jamie Craddock, Soap, Babatola. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. And James Dickinson. So I'll have all those guys on and along with James Brown to share their university experience. Um, if you've listened up until this point, thank you so much and have a wonderful day.